0: Ever see people make trades and you go like why would you do that? Why would you trade this for that? Like, why would you trade cheesecake? You know that turtle stuff with that gooey and 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 and, and those chunks on top? Why would you why would you trade that for a low-fat muffin? Nobody would do that. But some people do. They go to Williams and you go, like, oh I'll have a low-fat muffin. You go either crazy or they traded some amazing thing for something way less than amazing.
1: Here it comes, a brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. Your opportunity and challenge like your. Word. Of new life your word, oh God your word to me You're making me all that I need to be your word, oh God world the world
2: Good evening my name is Mark and this is Pastor Stan Stark. you are listening to a word with God. this evening, Stan we are going back to the beginning creation. Oh, okay. Yep, and that's, that's that's where God started the foundations of this thing we call marriage.
0: Absolutely true. This is a new series called Love, Sex, and Romance, and it's based out of Psalmist Solomon. But this week, we are kind of setting those foundations of uh, when God brought man and woman together for the first time.
2: So, let us open our Bibles to the second chapter of Genesis, and uh, let's begin.
0: Awesome. this week I was ready for the old folks home by somebody and and uh, they were going to send me away and get me a place and and you know maybe they're right maybe I should just maybe just pack it in because I was sure that you were before the message but God bless us all you got your Bibles out I hope you have your Bibles this morning is uh, we've said these are not, these are a little heavier than PG 13 14 maybe I don't know but we're going to start out this morning in a little different passage than in s- Song of Solomon, and uh, that's our goal this coming year, is to walk through Song of Solomon and Hosea, uh, God's ideas of sex, love, and romance, and into Isaiah, love betrayed, what happens in betrayed love, and we're going to look at some things God may have for us in relationship to him, and some things in relationship to each other, Genesis chapter 2. We're going to be storming through chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4 this morning, and so there's going to be times I'm going to be editing, and we're going to be reading, and we're going to leave a little things out, but uh, uh, just uh, hang in there with us. We want to start in Genesis chapter 2, because we want to talk about how God really portrays marriage, and he portrays uh, relationship with each other is a very good thing. And that isn't always our experience. And, but some things I found out this week, that married people tend to live longer than non-married people. Married people have better mental health than non-married people. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that a married guy or an unmarried guy? Okay. Married people are less likely to encounter addictions. Less likely to do that. They're more likely to lead fulfilling lives. Now, I mean, you have to define fulfilling there. It, Marco, this is what, I'm not sure this is a positive. It says that, that married people weigh five pounds heavier than their unmarried counterparts. <laughs> I've been married a long time. You're, you're just starting on this journey, and, and so I'm not, anyway, we'll take that as a positive.
2: But mentally...
0: Yes, yes, but mentally you're healthy. What's the state of marriage today? I mean, you work with people, you talk to people, there are people in your families. Well, what's the state of marriage today? Sixty percent of the people today would classify their marriage as unfulfilling. It's unfulfilling. Divorce forty percent, forty-two percent of all first-time marriages end in divorce. of all second-time marriages end in divorce. And 75% of all third marriages end in divorce. Abuse is all over the place. Abuse of husbands towards wives, wives towards... We don't think of the wife towards husband thing. Yeah, There's a guy a while ago that I was visiting and ended up pulling his, his wife off him. She broke his ribs by um, punching him. Abuse towards children. I think it's the saddest one is, is pure avoidance. 40% say they avoid each other and basically live in the same house together as roommates. Barnett tells us Christian marriages aren't a lot better. The stats are a little more promising, but, but not not much. They're slightly lower divorce rate. But how many people do you know? I mean you yourself may have gone through this. Or, but if it's not physical divorce but an emotional divorce where they just you do your thing, I do my thing, and that's it. We're going to set some groundwork this week about what God thinks about these things and and kind of a a jumping off point to go into Song of Solomon. So this is the baseline that we want to see. There's three things I want you to pull out of this morning. There's going to be three major headings as we walk through Genesis 2, 3, and 4. So Father, this morning we come to you and we would ask that you would connect with us. This is holy ground. We've set this time and this place apart and it's not perfect. And we struggle to come in and get rid of the garbage from the week, and to take that again, backpack of guilt and shame and all the things you don't want us to have and yet we bring it with us at times. And so, Father, help us to slip out of those things and to hear your word this morning and that it would be powerful, impact us, that it would touch our lives and begin to change us from the inside out because that's what you've said a relationship with you would do. And so we're just going to take you at your word because you promised it. And we can count on you. And so, Father, we just uh, set, set this time aside and work in this and however you would feel. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Well, we're going to begin in chapter two, which is just kind of finishing off chapter one in the creation cycle that has been going through. And uh, I've got Tom's glasses this morning. Walked out and put my glasses. I mean, I just I'm falling apart, brother. I just can't. I can't get together physically and mentally, and I can't even remember my glasses. I got Tom's glasses, and so if there's some moment I stop, just don't think I've lost it. I'm just having a hard time reading here. Thus the heavens and the earth, verse 1 of chapter 2, were completed, and all of their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed His work, which He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all of His work, which He had done. Setting this aside, there's been a time of work and preparing, and then a time of resting. It's finished. It's done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because In it he rested from all of his work, which God had created and made. And this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in that day. And that Yahweh God had made heaven and earth. And that's the finish of chapter 1, and he's bringing that down to a close. Now he's going to step back, and he's he's walked it through, and now he's going to kind of interject in the creation process and walk us through some new things. So let's pick it up in verse, uh, it's either a three or a five, I can't read it. Now, no shrub of the field was yet on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted, for Yahweh God had not sent rain upon the earth. He's preparing us for the Noah story. And there was no man to cultivate the ground. He's getting us ready for chapter three. That would come later. But a mist used to rise from the earth, and the water, the whole surface of the ground. And what do we take away from that is that, that God is the source of creation. And his creation is good, it's sufficient, it's everything that we, they needed. In fact, he's setting out how amazing this is, and he's going he's gonna to give us a little bit more of that later on. Verse 7 kind of stands alone. It's this pivotal thing. Then Yahweh God formed, fashioned. Think of kids in the backyard with mud and they're they're making things. Y'all did that as kids? You grow up on a farm and you've got mud and you make stuff out of mud and you add more water and you slurp it up and you form it. You fashion it into stuff. The Lord God fashioned, he formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed. Breathe in his nostrils. That breath there is the idea of spirit of life. And man became a living, animated. Okay, we had a a, a young man staying over this weekend with us, and young men in the morning are not animated. They lay out in their bed, and you knock on the door, and you try to breathe the breath of life in them, and they just kind of go. And eventually, the breath of life, God breathes. The breath, and man became a living, an animated being. Take away, God is the source of life. That's what he's trying to say there. Next section, preparing a place, verses 8 to 17. Then Yahweh God planted a garden towards the east in Eden. Actually, that word in should be beside. And there he placed the man whom he had formed out of the ground. The Yahweh God caused to grow. Every tree that is pleasing in the sight and the good for food and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden the tree of knowledge of good and evil discerning understanding perception God is good this garden is good is perfect in fact he's kind of highlighting that he's going to contrast later with how great it was and how it sucked afterwards Does it suck to farm afterwards Tom it's challenging. It wasn't that way. Now it is that way, and he's kind of making this division so that we can see what was lost. Ever see people make trades, and you go, like, why would you do that? Why would you trade this for that? Like, why would you trade cheesecake? You know that turtle stuff with that gooey and, 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 and the chunks on top? Why would, you, why would you trade that for a low-fat muffin? Nobody would do that, with, but some people do. They go to Williams, and you go, oh, my I'll have a low-fat muffin. You go either crazy or... They traded some amazing thing for something way less than amazing. Well, Christmas season is coming up on us really fast. Do you have your shopping done,
2: Marco? I haven't even begun.
0: You No, oh, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to Princess Auto to buy some
2: gifts for I'm Lori. I'm sure your wife will really appreciate that. But, they don't call it Princess Auto because it's for princesses and girls, you know that. Well, it's tools. What good woman
0: for, wouldn't want tools for Christmas? Your wife, Stan? Okay, well, you and I can talk about that after, but beginning the Christmas season on December the 2nd, that's a Thursday evening, at 7 p.m., we are joining our friends at St. Mary's Hospital in the atrium the lighting of the Christmas tree and uh, they have asked us to be a part of that evening and there's going to be a carol sing Tim Hortons are you into Tim Hortons the Timmy's is good yep they are they are supplying hot chocolate and Timbits, and we are just going to have probably about a half hour evening of uh, getting ready to anticipate the Christmas season with our friends at St. Mary's And then he gives us some borders, and he talks about some rivers and, and that border this garden, and the Pishon, and the Gihon, and the and Euphrates, and, and he's going he's to give us some, some there. It's a good land. Come down to verse 15. Then Yahweh God took the man and put him in the garden, this enclosed, enclosed by these four rivers, to cultivate and to keep it, guard, protect, to work it. And Yahweh God commanded the man, saying, From any tree in the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely, truly die. means to be executed or to die prematurely before it was meant to happen. And we'll find out in other parts of Scripture that it was not the game plan that man should die. What do we take away from that? We can trust God to supply what we need. God's provision is good, and what was lost was amazing, and what was left wasn't. Preparing a partner, verses 18 to 23. Then Yahweh God said, It is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for men to be alone. They should get married. They need women in their lives. It's not good for men to be You got that? We're looking? Okay, good. It's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper, suitable, comparable, of the same kind of stuff. Out of the ground, Yahweh God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was his name. And the man gave names to all the cattle and to all the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, actually, do you you know what another name for Adam is? One of the meanings of Adam, Claire? Earth. Earth, that's right also means red. I got thinking of red, green, and Adam, but I don't think that that's a good match. But Adam, the earth, Adam, for Adam there was not found a helper. Suitable, comparable, compatible to him. So Yahweh God caused a deep sleep, we could also translate that trance, to fall upon the man, and and we were with people the other day, and they were talking about, about waking up in the middle of an operation, going, Are you done yet? Yeah, that's right, Anita. That was my. It's like, it like, but anyway, God's got him down and out, okay? God's looking after it. And uh, he slept, and then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh. Could also mean closed up with the flesh, like this rib has flesh on it. And Yahweh, God, fashion means to rebuild. Ever rebuild things, Tom? You start from what was there and you kind of rebuild it into something different, a little bit different, maybe the same, but it's refashioned. It's not the same. It's a rebuild. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept and he took his rib and he closed up the flesh and place and the Lord fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man. And brought her to the man, and he said, and "You don't get this in the Hebrew. But is this kind of like kind of a, or is it kind of like a wow statement? The guy's not going. Now this is bone of my bone and flesh of my. It's like, whoa, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my. Like there's this wonderment. She comes from me, from the same stuff as me. Bone and flesh." Now this bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. could mean opposite, wife, the same but different. Why? Because she was taken out of man. She was taken out of man. Women are the same, but they're different. What do I take away? Men and women are equal but different. Throw Ephesians 5 into that. That gets you there. Preparing for a family, verses 24 to 25. For this reason, what's the reason? Because men and women are different. For this reason, a man shall leave. means to be loose from, let go from. Bradley, at some point, you're going to leave. You're going to be loose from. You're going to see something that's going to cause you to want to leave home and the good cooking, and the nice home, and the care, and you're gonna go, I want that. The man's gonna leave his father and his mother, and be joined, stuck to, glued to, idea of cleaving. Best, play, best picture we've got of that is plywood. Ever try to pull plywood apart, Dan? Does it pull apart really nice into nice thin layers? If it's good stuff, it won't. It goes into pe- you. Actually, destroy it when you rip it apart. Rip marriage apart, and there's destruction that takes place. Stays with you. Goes with you. Even when you heal, there's a destructive part. Be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Another meaning of that word ashamed is confused. There was no confusion. in the They knew each other. Okay. A poll. No, we better not have a poll. I'm just going to have a poll about how many married people get, sometimes get confused about what the other person wants. Or about whether the other person is going or doing. There's a lot of confusion out there today. God says when this was done, there was no confusion. Well, Take away, men and women. Sorry, take away. Marriage is intended to be good. It's worth leaving home for. Got that, Brad? It's worth leaving home for. The right girl, right time, worth leaving home for. The relationship between men and women was never meant to be confusing. You go, man, sign me up. What's the second thing we want to take away from this morning? That sin messes with God's good purpose and creates disaster. That's the second thing. First thing that we looked at, that we wanted to keep, was that keep in mind that God is the creator and that what he creates is good. The second thing is sin messes things up. Let's move forward. Now the serpent was more subtle, more shrewd, more crafty than any beast. He's making a difference. There's a difference between this thing called the serpent and the cattle of the field. And there's, I mean, it, it, they were not comparable. Whatever the serpent is, some think that it's a, a, an angelic messenger, some don't. Some scripture later gives us an idea that there's more going on than just a confrontation between a critter and people. But we'll leave that for another day. Now the serpent was more crafty, more shrewd, more subtle than any beast of the field which Yahweh God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, we would say today, is, is this true? Indeed, has God said, What has God said? Has He that you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? Okay, was that right? Is that right, Anita? What did he say? So there's two, but this dude, this serpent, whatever he is, is saying, God said you can't have anything. And, well, no, that's not true. The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the tree of the garden we may eat. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it. Check. You're my Bible scholar today. Was that true? What were they not to do? just couldn't eat from it. But can you imagine Adam going, because like she wasn't there when they got the instructions, right? Adam gets the instructions, she, instructions, she's not there. Can you see like, well can you see Adam going like don't even touch the thing. We're not to eat, I don't want you touching it, I want you 50 feet back, we're not going near the tree. I wonder if that's maybe what happened. Well we don't know, but she got a little confused on this. And uh, so he said, You shall not eat from it or touch it. No, that's not true, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, or she said, Don't touch it or you'll die. And the serpent said to the woman, You surely, truly, in reality, you will not die. My grandmother, Lenora, she used to say, Don't sit so close to that TV and watch that t- Your eyes are going to go cross and they're going to stay cross permanently. You wouldn't say anything like that, would you? You wouldn't tell a little lie to get your... You wouldn't do that. And, and so we've all... And, and so, and in, in Satan, this is kind of the subtle thing. he's bring, It's like, God didn't really mean that. That's not going to happen. God knows he's going to have some misplaced motives here. He's going to put some motives on God that are not true. God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes shall be opened... God's deceiving you. He's blinding you to the truth here. Your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Okay, Anita, another Bible check. Does God know experience do evil? No, he doesn't, does he? This guy's got the facts wrong or he's lying.
2: So, Stan, in Genesis 2, 8 to 17, it says that we need to trust God to supply what we need. His provision is good. Can you explain that? Whatever he gives us is good? Yes. Even if it hurts? Well, I have to be careful because God doesn't bring sin into our
0: life. God doesn't send evil into our life. And James kind of fills us in on that piece. So if it comes from God, it's good. Even though maybe I don't perceive it right now
2: as being good, but ultimately, it's God's good. All right in the twenty first verse it says, so the Lord caused the man to fall into a sleep it's like he he all of a sudden realized that Adam needed a helper. why do you think Eve was created after the animals
0: well, I think first of all that God knew that man needed a helper right from right from the get go and he wanted man to see that he needed a helper it was, it was it's like us men are the ones who are pretty thick right marco like thick. we you know, I I just I mean I watch you and I watch me and I go man we're we're not the brightest knife in the door we're not the sharpest <laughs> knife in the drawer no not the brightest uh, either no not not a not at all and so he got, allowed man to name and to see all of these of these creatures passing by each one having his his mate the completion and man realized hey I'm I'm alone here I'm alone in this deal
2: and I need help so what about what about this rib thing last time I counted we got the same amount of ribs what's that all about. Now, that's a piece of flesh
0: with bone that was taken out, rendering a rib that's, well, it, it could have been probably rendered just a little bit better than that. But there's flesh and bone that came out. And he says, like this bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. God took out
2: from Adam and made Eve. All right, Stan, here is the question I've been burning to ask. We we are called to leave our mothers and fathers and, and then become one flesh with uh, with our wives. Explain to me, brother, how can one flesh become so self-destructive
0: <laughs> Wow, that is like almost a complete radio program in itself. I knew it was a good one and uh, here's here's the thing it's because underneath it all, men and women are basically self-centered selfish and filled with sin um, Scripture says that uh, there is no good. I mean, there, right to the very core, sin permeates every part of who we are. And so that battle of what I may I mean, don't you get it the same as I, I do? Like, I know when I'm screwing up. I know when I should shut up and stop arguing with my wife. I know when I'm being bossy, pushy, and yet I go through and I want my own way in these next Weeks that we're going to be going through, Marco, are going to give us some real food for thought about what it is to die to self. To I mean, face it, God's called us as men. Through Paul, He's told us that we are to we are to be able to die for our wife. Most men won't even give up the remote control for their wife. Well, there's just an incongruity there that uh, we are so far out of whack and so messed up by sin that. we just need a whole new game plan and a whole new heart and a whole new spirit that's called the new nature, Marco. And God has given that to you and me, and now we need to tap into
2: it. Well, that's it for tonight. Uh, sin really messes with uh, God's good plan. You know what? This series proves to be an exciting one, uh, something for, for both the married as well as the single. So if you're interested in finding out what, what we are studying at Evangel these days, uh, come by any given Sunday stay tuned on Monday nights uh, 9 o'clock still Stan on Mondays Absolutely. 10.30 on Sundays uh, you can find our address at our website evangelcommunity.com and whether you're a longtime Christian or just, just looking for some answers Evangel welcomes you this week I'd like to encourage you to put faith in God and trust Him to supply you what you need His provision is good and remember End your day without a word with God. Here
1: comes day, but I don't know what will come my way. Rise or fall, your love will see me through it all. I pursue the challenge like your word, directs me to what's right and spurs me on right through the fight with the promise of new.